Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It is said that the devil himself had his hands on this building. And if you see the massive stone bridge that spans across the Danube in Regensburg and looks down into the rushing floods, you also want to believe that. With the start of the construction being in 1135, it is the oldest surviving bridge in Germany, and it is considered as a masterpiece of medieval architecture. From one end to the other, it's 308 meters, 14 round arches of varying width and span the river. In the south, behind the orange-red tower on the bridgehead, are the roofs of the old town and the silhouette on the cathedral. The north shore, on the other hand, looks very green and light. There is the municipality Stadtamhof, which is part of Regensburg since 1942. And with that, we say hello and good day to a new episode of Heirlooms, Objects from Germany. I'm Judith. And I'm Travis. But before we get to the stone bridge in Regensburg, where Judith lives and, and I've been several times, uh, we did have a podcaster write in uh, an audio postcard for something we've been asking for in, in German, uh, German Twitter, to tell us a story in English if you're from some place that has a story. And we just covered Zuplenburg and the uh, Zuplenburg emperor that came from there. And it turns out one of our fellow um, podcasters who we've also worked with before, Judith and myself, she, she comes from that area. So we'll let Claudia tell us about Zuplenburg for a couple minutes here and then uh, back to Regensburg. Hi there, this is Claudia from the Vienna Writers Podcast, also from the um, Data Security and Privacy Podcast, and quite new one, the um, Desperate House Hackers. First thing, thank you guys very, very much for the great History of Germany podcast. Uh, Judith and you, it's really, really wonderful to hear all those stories about uh, things we had in, in history. Actually, I do know Zuplingburg. <laughs> I have been there once. I'm from the from the area. It's like, oh, I don't know how many kilometers, but it's not that far. Uh, I'm from a small village uh, right in the middle of uh, Hildesheim, Goslar, Braunschweig. Uh, Göttingen isn't that far and uh, Hanover, it's like 50 kilometers from uh, where my parents still live. It's a very small village, like uh, 800 people in uh, a region called Vorharz. 
This is uh, the Harz Mountains. Actually, from where my parents live, I can see the, the Brocken, the, yeah, well, more or less big mountain. Yeah, well, for Austrian people, it's like, yeah, not, not a big mountain at all. <laughs> As I said, Vienna Writers Podcast, I'm living in Vienna now, but uh, I come from that small village uh, up in northern Germany. And the village is like uh, over a thousand years old. It's from 800 something. And uh, we have uh, like uh, seven wells in the village. So seven places where water comes out. Yeah, out of the soil, actually. And this is uh, how the, uh, the village was also called. Uh, there are two theories of uh, calling the village. It's called Badikenstedt. One theory has to do with frogs, like uh, the patikan, which is um, the pladuch. Yeah, what's the, the English word for pladuch, actually? Help! <laughs> the pladuch uh, word for frogs. And uh, the other one is Badkenstede, from a bath bathing uh, place. Yeah, as I said, it's from 800-something. And it's a very, very nice village, yeah, at the foot of the Harz Mountains. And I really like the area. You will actually see it when you come to Potsdok. Uh, uh, Hildesheim is not that far from there. Um, I went to school in Hildesheim and Hildesheim is uh, also a very beautiful city. Uh, they made um, a lot of it after the war because um, it was very, very uh, much uh, bombed down. Uh, at the end of the war, actually, uh, from British and Canadian uh, planes uh, going there. And uh, as far as I've, uh, I, I remember my history lessons, they actually wanted to hit uh, Hanover, but they didn't. And so uh, the first uh, part of the, the planes flew with um, exploding bombs, and the next ones flew with um, uh, fire bombs. And they uh, broke out, uh, broke uh, all those uh, medieval houses that were there uh, in Hildesheim. When they flew, flew with the with the uh, fire bombs afterwards, the fire bombs had much more to catch and and destroyed most of the city. So when I went there to school in the uh, 1990s in Hildesheim, uh, there were lots of 1950s, 1960s. Uh, buildings actually in the 90s and early early 2000s they tried to restore the the medieval part of the city um, parts of it the the marketplace and uh, parts of the uh, shopping zone probably will have a, a a chance to go there and it can can show you a bit of it it's uh, I love it there and um, my my first uh, book series uh, plays there in a small chocolate tree and a coffee roastery that's actually placed in Hildesheim in a uh, restored Fachwerkhaus. Uh, what's it? T timber building? Oh, help me out, please. Yep, a timber frame house, or we might even just call it a Fachwerkhaus, or more commonly, that German style. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, that restored timber building, it's called the upside down sugar hut, not like sh uh, sugar hut, the maple syrup sugar huts, but the Zuckerhut, 
um, the things you need for uh, Feuerzangenbowle. <laughs> yeah, it would be really nice to go there with you. Um, I really like it there. It's, it's still home, um, even if I'm living in Vienna for like 14 years now. <laughs> Thank you again for the great podcast. And uh, yeah, hope to see you at Potsdok. <laughs> Have a great day over there. Bye. I am super stoked that it looks like I will be able to go to Podstock this year and meet Claudia and you did it and a few other dozen uh, podcasters that some of them I know pretty well and and uh, finally get to meet them all in person. So that's great. Um, I've only met two or three that will be there in person. So and I know maybe 50. So that'll be uh, really something. And and we'll record more there, uh, including a history of Germany with Judith and myself live together for also the first time. So that'll be great. Podstock is in Germany, somewhere you know, not that far from Hanover, but out in the sticks somewhere. Um, and then I'll be in Bremen for a week, just in case somebody lives out there and wants to say hi. But now, back to the Stone Bridge in Regensburg. At its construction, the Stone Bridge was the only bridge on the Danube between Ulm and Vienna, which are several hundred miles from each other. In Regensburg itself, it was the only bridge across the Danube for 800 years. In addition to the Regensburg Cathedral, it is the city's most important landmark and was certainly a reason for the inclusion of Regensburg in the UNESCO World Heritage List. But let's take a step back and give a little background of the time of the building of the bridge. The place in the Danube where the stone bridge spans the river was probably already used by the Celts and the Romans as a good spot uh, to ford the river. Charlemagne had a pontoon bridge built in 792 or so. According to other sources, a wooden bridge that did not last that long because uh, the current and the weather continued to tear up the structure. There are uh, no records of who was the client or now unknown master bridge builder. Potential patrons could have been the merchants of Regensburg or the Bavarian Duke Henry X, Henry, or Henry the Proud, as he is also called, or the first Hohenstaufen king, Conrad the third, the subject of yeah of our last episode, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, why such a huge project over three hundred meters? Quite simply, even though you may not be able to imagine it today, Regensburg was one of the wealthiest cities in the twelfth century. I I say that because it's not a big, huge city today. Uh, but with about 12,000 inhabitants, at the time it was the second largest metropolis of the empire after Cologne. With her extensive palatinate, like the uh, kind of uh, uh, royal residence, um, she was one of the important places in the empire and a center of the Bavarian dukes. Ringsburg owned its wealth to trade, kind of like the maybe rival uh, Nuremberg, which is in a yes. you know just in a different part of Franconia. But they 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 manufactured fa like fabrics and textiles, you know, cloth and um, but also had like fruits and spices that were traded and wine from that came all the way from like Venice, Constantinople, 
And this was all traded here as well as raw materials from coming from the east, like Hungary or all the way from Russia. We already mentioned briefly that in 1135, when the construction of the present bridge was started, there was a reason for this. The, the summer was particularly dry and the water level of the Danube was thus pretty low. Yes, for the construction workers, this started a race against time. The builders began quickly with the constructions of dams made of old planks with which kept the water away from the construction site in the middle of the riverbed. The bridge piers are made of cast-walled um, masonry surrounded by carved and carefully set blocks of a regional green sandstone. Inside, the piers were filled with rubble. In order to protect the pillars uh, from the violence of the water masses, so-called sanctuaries, small stone islets uh, were built around it. An ideal place for mills and craftsmen of all kinds who took advantage of the river's water power to, for example, walk wool or grind knives. Yeah, it became an industrial... That's really interesting. I... I don't want to bring up <laughs> the Charles Bridge in Prague, but I, I know much more about it. And it was built uh, like 200 years later, but it's exactly the same idea. With It's a stone bridge with arches and it lasted, it was flooded, it was, you know, flooded many, many times, completely flooded with water going over the bridge and it was fine. It's super solid. Um, and it also has, if you look down, uh, the same in Regensburg, then you can see like they they built little islands or some little uh, pillars or something to protect the the actual stones from the bridge itself. So like if a log comes down the river, it'll hit the island, not the bridge. Yes. Um, that's hard to, yeah. But you can still get through on a boat. Like in Prague, I've been on, wait, maybe Regensburg too. I don't remember. But on those paddle boats where you where you pedal like a bicycle and you can go under the Charles Bridge and it's just really cool. And there, in, in Prague, there's tourists and, you know, you're like, yell at them. It's fun. You can be drunk. <laughs> no, in, there in are no paddle boats. Oh, no, in, no, right? No, no, no. Weird. There are a lot of um, big ships uh, for tourists. Yeah, uh, in Prague yeah. also, and they're they're separated. There's like a line where it's like, eh, don't go there, you'll get killed. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, no, but okay. Don't have yeah, this yeah. in Ringsburg. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's neat to go under the bridge, and you know, in Prague there's like millions of tourists. So it's like, the Charles Bridge is just covered with people, and they're, you, know, you yell at them, and they yell at you, and you have to watch <laughs> out, they don't spit on you or something, but... It's from from the river. You notice how big the bridge is. If you're on the bridge, it's the smallest bridge in in the city, kind of. Um, but underneath it, you're like, wow, this is a you know, this was a major construction, and it's you know five stories tall or or whatever it is. Incidentally, construction was not just right in the middle of uh, the Danube. It follows the underground conditions and takes into account uh, the flow pattern. The pillars are unevenly thick and differently oriented. The bridge arches have different heights and widths between 10.45 meters and 16.7 meters. Yeah, really. Uh -huh. Going with nature, kind of. It's, yes. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. But 
if you if you stand at um, the Danube and look uh, over to the bridge, you don't really see it mm-hmm. because it's so natural. Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, because to me, it seems like the Charles Bridge is all exactly the same. But now I'm like, huh, I wonder if I just didn't notice. Maybe. But yeah, interesting. That's neat. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. But it would make totally sense, I think. Uh-huh. 10 meters and 16 meters is a big difference. That's, yeah, yeah. interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, it took 11 years to build, um, meaning 1146 or so the bridge was finished. In fact, 11 years, uh, you know, even today's planners can kind of um, learn something from this. Like, the, 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 it's just masonry. It's before modern concrete uh, in the high Middle Ages. So... Yes. Um, the 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 masons and the you know stone cutters um, original office that they used still exists today. Today it's known to Regensburgers and like and, and tourists, I suppose, as the historic Wurstküchel. Is that is it a restaurant? And in any yeah. case, it exists. Yeah, for it's eight hundred and fifty years old. I'm trying to think if I've been there. I I don't think I've. It might have been too touristy that when the when when I, my friends would be like, no no no, let's not go there. Let's go around the street to the, um, but now it's it's like family owned. The Wurst Kuchel Wurst Kuchel 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 Kuchel. Cool, I think. Yes, cool. it's a <laughs> it's a restaurant uh, where you get um, Bavarian sausages yeah. and um, like sauerkraut and and yeah. sauerkraut. Yes, yeah. of course. Oh, you that Bavarian, yeah, the Bavarian once. sweet mustard, or, or what's the Hausmacher Senf is the, I like the, I like the spicy one too, the Mittelsch, oh my God, I miss it, I got to stop talking about food. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is, so 850 years really is kind of up there in terms of um, like historic, like record setting, you know, uh, like a, for the establishment of its kind. Um, in fact, a lot, there's not many older. I know like Japan has a business that's, and it depends. I think it also, it, it might not be a record if it's not owned by the same family for that long or, you know, but it's a building selling bratwursts and, you know, for 850 years. Um, it's, yeah, it's your medieval McDonald's. Ringsburg is also a proud home of the, it's <laughs> some golden M. It's uh, <laughs> great at Arnold's Platz. I really yeah. like it. They, it's a McDonald's, but they originally there. The Regensburger was like, no, you can't open a McDonald's in Old Town. Old Town is beautiful. It's a pedestrian zone, no cars, cobblestones. Um, but anyways, even at the Wurstkirchel, originally it was some other fair. Uh, the, the actual like Bratwurst, like Bavarian sausages, they've only been selling selling there for like 150 or or 200 years. Um, before that, what is what do you think? What? What's, heißt, what's boiled meat? What kind of Bavarian uh, dish is that? Is it just like... Because even Weisswurst is... Or is it like stew and soup? Or just like... Yeah, just like this, yes. Okay. Yeah, boiled meat could be... That doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> Anyways, now they have <laughs> Bratwurst. Um, and it is said to be really good. I haven't been there. Oh, I you you have sh- is it? But you know what it is? like? It's right next to the bridge. Yeah, it's it's uh, and it's it, a few meters uh to the bridge, right? So um, at yeah, at the Danube. Yes. Is it a big uh, 
like tourist trap. Like if you go there, you can speak English because it's all the Americans saying like one bratwurst, please, bitte. If you go there, you can speak English, but yeah. um, you you can also speak German because it's it's a really it's a thing in it is a traditional you, yeah okay if you live there you should have been there once tourist or not it's... cool yeah yeah so i don't i don't like play you know touristy place means nothing it can be really really good and touristy what i don't like is i don't want to wait in lines for food and i'm never you'll never see me unless i'm starving and it's the only place in town at a train station you'll never see me wait in line for a currywurst or bra like it's just not gonna happen i'll go around the corner and get a different one or get a slice of pizza or something from this culinary trip let's let's kind of get back to the historic events because seriously it's almost lunchtime and i'm I'm starting to get hungry here. So, <laughs> uh, so talk about stones, or no? Right, some rocks. Yeah, nothing to eat, even with mustard. Yeah, so rock, rocks with mustard. See, I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this was the so the the Charles Bridge again. I think we did an episode on the Charles Bridge on Bohemian. You know, me and Pete. Yeah. Uh, but there's all these funny legends because it's so. It's not like they didn't have any concrete. So they didn't have modern concrete, but they did have mortar. And one way to make medieval mortar is using eggshells. Okay. Did you, did you, I don't know if that's like common knowledge or I don't know, but, but um, no, in the Czech Republic really. in Bohemia, they, they asked, so uh, Bohemia, that was Charles the fourth. So 1357. One three five seven. It's it, that's why it's easy to remember when the Charles Bridge was built. And they asked, or they they did an egg tax. They said, everybody uh, in Bohemia, please send us if you have so many chickens, or if you have so many eggs a day, send us you know twenty percent or or ten percent of those eggs. And there'd be carts from um, all over all the villages of Czech Republic coming into Prague. And then I guess there was a lot of eggs because all, all they needed was the shell or maybe the egg white. I don't I don't know. Um, also, but the shell, like the calcium in the shell is what they needed. And uh, so maybe there was like lots of omelets in the you know, in the decade it took to build the uh, thing. But that was really interesting. There's also a joke saying and, and the, the joke always changes depending on where you're from. Like Regensburg, they would say, oh, and those stupid Nuremberg's. When they sent their eggs, they boiled them first, you know, and that's like, that's bad or something, you know, it's like everybody else sent raw uh -huh. eggs and those dumb Nuremberg's. So there's this joke and it depends on where you're from. It's like, oh, those stupid Munichites or those stupid, you know, Ulma or whatever, like uh, those right. idiots, sold, you know, t boiled the eggs first. But the fact is that, yeah, there was some, they needed like, supposedly there's like, you know, 200,000 eggs Uh, or shells of two hundred thousand eggs in the in in the, the bridge in the Charles Bridge, yeah. So, anyway, sorry, like tangent, but yeah, that's I'll, yeah, it's kind of interesting for those people that are actually wondering, like, well, wait, it's not you know, it's not just rocks stacked in arches, which is also pretty solid. Um, but yeah, they had some mortar and stuff that they mixed to get like some you know rock glue. So I did know that you use egg or or egg white and uh, to to yeah. um, make some colors yes yeah that's yeah. right yep still shiny today because they use egg white 
But I think also in the in like making if you made a cathedral. So in this time, it's like the, when the Gothic era, you know, Gothic architecture is coming. I believe the eggshell thing is the same order that you would see in the Ringsburger Dom and the Notre Dame in Paris. And like it was a thing, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Would make absolutely sense, yes. Yes, yeah, so if you got some chickens, you can make a stone bridge. <sighs> Damn it, I don't have any space. And for now we're chicken. talking about food again. Ah, <laughs> oh, fail. God, <laughs> I must be getting hungry. No, anyways, yeah. okay. You want to talk about crusades? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> okay, so falafels oh damn it okay so i'll, I'll shut <laughs> up yeah in 1147 conrad III set off uh from Regensburg. we we talked about this in in the last episode yeah. uh for the second crusade and yeah i as i mentioned in the last episode he uh, set off from Regensburg because uh, the new built bridge was an ideal place uh, to yeah. uh, set off because for 100 kilometers there uh, was no other bridge he could use. And I, I guess that really did open up trade from like east to west. We said like Hungary and Russia. Uh, but yeah, if it's hundreds of miles, I mean, so you can cross road. I mean, you can, there's boats, you know, boats exist. <laughs> um, um, but of course, yeah, if there's a bridge, you can, uh, so Munich was founded around a bridge, uh, 200 years later, uh, 13, uh, whatever. Um, because it was a bridge on the Isar and at first it was like a monastery and they, you know, some merchants built a bridge and it was a toll bridge. You had to, you know, pay a couple of Fenix or whatever it was. Uh, to cross the bridge and that yes. they, that made so much money that they found München and you know München means little monk right so there was there's just nothing it's just a bridge and and um across the Isar which flows into the Danube I don't know um, yes but yeah so yeah yeah so it's definitely like when you said like merchants might have been the investors that makes total sense that's definitely what happened um Prague for instance I said it was the empire emperor but uh, Munich, it was like, hey, yeah. And I believe Munich was also, um, it was the, the Duke of Bavaria. It wasn't merchants. But yeah, it makes total sense. It's strategic, for sure. Of course, yeah. you're right. You can uh, cross a river by boat. Uh, but as Yeah, boats said, did exist, yeah. <laughs> um, boats did exist, but Conrad was on his way to Jerusalem with about 20,000 20, yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you take them all over by boat it would last a little yeah, longer well. bridge yeah. please um especially because they can get some bratwurst and everything while they're there yeah so that's yeah perfect. that's it's a long way to jerusalem yeah take some sausage it's good um <laughs> yeah and in fact it this bridge has a nice story of like crusaders setting off from it it was the in like two or three episodes we'll do frederick the first barbarossa and he kind of he does he does the same thing, in uh, like forty years later, May May of eleven eighty nine, yeah, um, towards the yeah for the third crusade. Now the the thing about Regensburg is that this is we take it for granted. Same with the Charles Bridge is that that it's it's eight hundred years old. It's super solid, um, <laughs> but this exact same story in the Rhone Bridge in in Lyon in France. In France collapsed yeah. under the joint like english french strain of the crusade which yeah. is crazy i yeah i never heard of that before 
that must have been that's like a bad omen because you're on a religious mission but yeah anyways Bar barbarossa liked you know you liked this bridge being there and um he gave it some like special rights it's said that the bridge itself was managed by its own bridge master oh they didn't have to pay taxes or tariffs or anything to the emperor right yeah okay yeah interesting yeah that's a pretty big privilege Sigulum gloriosi what is that seal of the Pontus, glorious bridge uh, oh, ratipone okay. uh, the bridge had his own seal to seal um, contracts or official documents which uh, makes clear that the bridge was very important um, even a very short time after its construction that yeah. is yeah considering it's in a city with a dome like a cathedral that's yeah. weird yeah <laughs> that, that's crazy okay yeah it's a um, very interesting fact i found yeah so definitely like it's hard to overstate the like metropolitan nature of so again just as a reminder this made regensburg like the second biggest kind of city for a while uh king philip of swabia who's just you know they're to the to the west of bavaria uh, who's also the son of King Barbarossa? He promoted the city even further, and the and in ingratitude of this, of you know him, you know raising the status of the city further, um, they built a sculpture like statues of him, the son of Barbarossa, and his wife Irene, on the bridge towers. If you visit the historical museum, you can still see it there today. Those are the originals or replicas? I guess the. They had some originals. Um, yeah, in the museum. Yeah. yeah. Pra Prague, the originals are in a museum. There's statues all over the Charles Bridge. The originals are in a museum, and the ones you see on the bridge are actually replicas. Tourists don't know that. <laughs> yeah, and Regensburg was one of the free imperial cities in the 13th century. Um, that's, you know, part of the, part of the you know, the emperor granted them their kind of... I'm always confused exactly what that means, to be honest, but it means they didn't have... Like, like Nuremberg, there was nobility of Franconia, but there was no... But they had, like, two castles. You know, there was one of the merchants, because they were a free city, and then there was one of nobility, and they kind of competed. So the merchant class was very, very strong. That's that's one way to think of it. But even legally, like, the, the emperor did grant them this, this um, you know the status of an imperial free city. The the northern end of the bridge, um, there was like this bastion to, you know, protect that part, that part of the city and hospital grounds around that. And the state border, which I suppose was the Danube. So this was, so you'd have Bavaria on one side and this like duchy and, or later elect, electorate on the other side. I always kind of wondered, I always kind of wondered why Regensburg wasn't on both sides of the city. It's really on more on one side um, and there's a but but yeah anyway i mean that kind of makes sense also the, the danube is huge it's like a kilometer in width so um but i guess yeah it was also like a legal like a, a jurisdiction boundary too the bridge was more than just a trade route and kind of border crossing it like we're you know we're trying to imply here or you know <laughs> say is that it, it quickly became like you know people were drawn to it for all kinds of different reasons and this um you know metropolitan vibe really did kind of spread it was like the social epicenter there was the um katharinen hospital which was that's those are the hospital grounds on the north side uh which was a like pilgrimage in 
which, you know, that's like very Lord of the Rings kind of, you know, you're outside of the city <laughs> walls, you're on the other side of the thing. So, but in fact, the, yeah, so, okay, so the north side of the bridge had this like pilgrimage inn and the hospital, but it was also, a, there's, yeah, I mean, the hospital probably has its own weird stories because the bridge was also the site of a lot of death. Um, the bridge itself would be the site of like court being held and the future of some, uh, you know, young, young convict or, or, you know, arrested person uh, decided like in the 16th century, there was a death penalty, which would just be throwing you over the ridge, river or tying you up and, you know, death by drowning, throw you over the, the bridge into the river. This was a specific location. It's from the 13th arch uh, from the north. So, which, yeah, you know, 13, yeah, anyways. Well, I don't think it's Charles really... Bridge has, so Charles Bridge has, uh, there's a Saint Nepomuk, who's the patron, the Catholic uh, patron saint of bridges. He was thrown over the bridge by Hussites, so he became a martyr. But there's not a tradition of a death sentence. That's crazy. Um, um, not not really, because some people got uh, beheaded. They put the hats on on the bridge. That's true. They did that in Charles Bridge too. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And, and why uh, why Ugh. did they? Because the bridge was the entrance mm -hmm. to the city, and the people of Regensburg said, "Look what happened to you Man. if you don't behave." Now we're all like, "Welcome tourist center that way. Taco Bell's over <laughs> there." And then there's like, this is what happens if you attack. The, yeah, or this is what happens if you steal. Like this could almost be. This could almost be. So in Prague, let me let me let me tell you the story, and you can tell me if this sounds familiar. So the Thirty Years' War, the Swedish army marched on Prague, and they barricaded um, Charles Bridge, and that was one of the places where they tried to stop the Swedes from crossing into Old Town, or vice versa, from Old Town into the castle, um, and. Hmm. Hmm, right? Sounds familiar, yes. Yeah, those those uh nasty Swedes, they're uh <laughs> attacking all kinds of stuff cuz same basically the same story happened in in Regensburg. Yeah. So 30 years war, so specifically Regensburg was uh 1633 was when the Swedes came a marching. I'd have to look it up for Prague, but either a year or two later or earlier, I don't know. Yeah, it was in the 18th century when they um, widened uh, the the bridge uh, to to give more way for carriers and traffic to the city. They replaced the original thick side balustrades with thinner sandstone slabs. And this is what you can even say today. Mm -hmm. uh, the ground of the bridge is really massive and you would think uh, the balustrades would uh, have been as thick as the ground is, but um, it's in fact, it's a lot thinner. Yeah. So February uh, 1784, there was a devastating flood. The ice blast destroyed all the mills, grinding polishing hammer mills that settled uh, below the bridge yeah. and damaged the middle tower so much that it had to be demolished. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. Ice, yeah. too. Yeah, anything attached yeah. to it. But the bridge stood. That's amazing. Yeah. But anything yeah. attached to it, whoosh, gone. Yeah. It was also the site of further wars. Um, French Bavarian troops, 1809. Uh, and that side, so the northern tower, um, was badly damaged and demolished a year later. 
Did they rebuild that? There's still a tower on all the sides, like in the middle, south and north? No, there's no middle tower. And okay. there is no northern tower. There's just uh, this uh, red uh, tower okay, on, 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 the the, on the side yeah. at uh, the old town. Okay. Prague still has all its... Yeah, or I mean, Prague only had two, not three. But yeah, they're still there. And they look super medieval and gothic. It's pretty cool. And you can, <laughs> and you, you can go up and you have a nice view. Then, there was done a further deconstruction to it, let's <laughs> say it was it was the French again. No, it wasn't. This time there there was another it time. Was German troops this time. It oh, that, was that destroyed it, it but why? Yeah. The, someone was coming. This time it was the Americans are coming. Yeah, crazy. The second yeah. pier. So Germans so in the German retreat, nineteen so twenty third of April nineteen forty five. That's like At the that's like very two end of weeks. World War Two. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. very end of the war, Americans. Remember, Americans came from like Italy and Normandy. So, <laughs> and it took them like four years or, or a year or whatever. But at the very end of the war, like Bohemia was one of the last. Because they they were in Bavaria and then pockets of Austria, but but from all sides it was like Russians and and Americans and everything. So bo uh, Bohemia and this little corner of Germany was some of the very last. Um, that's crazy, but yeah, in their retreat they dynamited the second pier, so you know trying to collapse like a couple of the arches. Yeah, but the Americans couldn't enter town and today you're very welcome yeah so so the americans built a temporary uh just threw some wood planks over it the the next winter and it wasn't really repaired repaired until 1967 so that that happened yeah really sad at least the americans didn't destroy it i feel good about that anyways <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot more about this bridge we're not we're not done yet so stay tuned. We'll be right back. If we have any sponsors this round, we'll, we'll try, I'll try to cut that in right here. So st stick around. And real quick, before we get back to it, um, I'll be in Germany in a month. And for that event, for I'll be in Podstock and to see Udit and all that, we've created a couple of new designs and, and articles in our merch shop at podcastnickshop.com. That's a great way to support the show. Really, probably one of the best ways to support the show. Uh, monetarily and our books are there and everything and other than that our new show is called past access with pete coleman it's you can see it on podcastnick.com it's a youtube uh, show and it's documentary quality uh, traveling through dresden second one's barcelona the first episode's dresden and it's uh, pete showing us the cities and the history and you know culture and all that stuff so go check that out on podcastnick.com all right back to it so we would be very happy about your feedback. What objects from German history are there that we should take a closer look at? On Twitter, you will find us at uh, meet underscore Judith. And Travis is at podcastnack. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There's also at Germany podcast and a few others. But yeah, those all work. In the 19th century, there was going a lot on this bridge. The traffic census in 1876 showed that the bridge was used on average by about 22,138 people and 664 wagons per day to cross the Danube. It's a huge amount of traffic, That's I think. Insane, yeah. 22,000. 
thousand people and it's more yeah. than 600 wagons it's, it's crazy you know you know 600 put it a different way 664 wagons means like a thousand horses means like a lot of horse manure it's, it's <laughs> gross yeah anyways i just you know remember that like think about that just yeah. think about that for <laughs> anyways yeah no that is kind of that's a lot of traffic is the point that's gross and that uh led of course to a lot of uh construction projects mm -hmm. on on the bridge for the new tram for example the narrow bridge access uh through the only three meter wide uh, pointed arch had to be widened very modern also 1902 yeah that's one of the earlier i would think that's one of the kind of earlier tram systems i don't know i don't know exactly i don't know the history of trams leave me alone i don't know but that's yeah that's, that does sound I, very that sounds really early to me too yeah because it's right around you know electricity like those are electrical i believe um so yeah interesting electrical i mean electric Leave me alone. I'm tired. I really... <laughs> <laughs> it's electrical. It's electrical trains. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So we, we did mention um, the that unfortunate event called World War II, where <laughs> German troops blew it up, and then that was repaired in 1967. The, in, the, in the period of, like, the 50s, there were kind of these, like, temporary concrete slabs uh, thrown up. And then in 1962, everything was kind of rearranged and uh, reduced to the original, like the current size. Yes. All right. Uh, but here's the the best of you... the podcast, because I love I love the legends of the. So when I was thinking, like when you're saying the 13th Arch is the uh, is the site of, and you know, how they would execute people. The bridge is the guillotine of Regensburg. Like the bridge is how you kill people. That's to me, that's like, oh, where are the ghost stories? Where's all the crazy stories of the, you know, the last guy that was executed there and all this stuff. Um, and it turns out the Stone Bridge of Ringsburg does have a, a couple of stories or two. Oh, yes, it has a lot of stories. One I learned um, at, a, at a city tour um, because there um, one one way uh, to uh, put people to death was uh, to put them in in a cage fabric oh, no in like a, a sack or a bag or yeah something. in a, in a in a bag uh, yeah and throw them in the river and so they did uh, with one woman put her on the water but uh, the sack uh, flew away and she survived in this bag and all. then there she arrived on land and uh, she cried and uh, shouted in the sack and some people found her and uh, freed her. Then she went to, I think, to Austria, got a new, uh, got a job there. And then one day some, some Regensburg guys uh, came and said, oh, uh, this woman is still alive. We uh, put death penalty on her and some uh, she must be killed, but in fact, she wasn't killed because she said, look, God rescued me. Mm -hmm. If he would see me dead, he would have let me drown in the Danube. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she wasn't killed a second time. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of stories around um, what happened. Mm -hmm. 
at this bridge, but I think you mean the other story with the Bruckmandel. Yeah. Yeah. What is that one? So there's the, um, there was a statue called the. There is a. There is one. Okay. Yeah. They 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 put it they put it back. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, year. yeah. That's right. In in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they there was one. It disappeared. And yeah. in um re- like recently, like 2012 or almost like December 27th, 2012. Someone demolished uh, the figure and put away one arm. Yeah, so someone like stole an arm of the figure. Uh ring like vandalism. So Ringsburg didn't know. They filed a complaint and, you know, and then um, they got, they built her a new arm, you know, repaired her arm, <laughs> I guess, um, in the summer of 2016. The bridge is under construction, so they're not going to put her back up there. It was under construction until uh, very late uh, last year and last year. Okay. They put this uh, this figure back back to place and it was a, a, a real, a, a big event because the the people of Regensburg they love their um Bruckmann bridge figure but, but who Bruck- yeah what so what does she represent who is this figure or some no it's not a saint i yeah. think it's some some folklore that's yeah that's a crazy story all right Bruckmann maybe some people say it's a very capable bridge builder but who knows okay but yeah. Yeah, we have a third story to tell about the bridge. We told at the very beginning, there's a thing with a devil involved. Would you like to tell us about the devilly so this bridge? So this is a famous legendary, like legend trope, which is uh, regarding the construction of the bridge. The master bridge builder made a bet with the builder of the cathedral, the Regensburger Dom, of you know who would complete their building first and the cathedral was kind of being done a lot faster and the bridge builder uh, in his you know despair of like oh no i'm falling behind (laughs) made a deal (laughs) with the devil this is like there's the same story of like a you know half dozen different places in prague and everything but yes um, it's a very famous kind of like oh no i'm not going to be able to do it including like the devil's bible um, it's, you know, like, oh, no, I'm going to get killed if I don't finish this by morning. And so they he starts praying. But instead of to God, he prays to the devil and then the devil appears. Anyways, the devil wanted to the deal was like, he wanted to stand by his side when he got the first three souls to cross the bridge. When the builder agreed, then suddenly the bridge construction progressed very fast and the bridge was indeed completed first. So now the devil demanded his reward, which is why the bridge builder at the grand opening of the bridge chased a rooster, a hen, and a dog over the bridge. So, the you know, tricking the devil. Those are the three souls he got. And in revenge or out of anger, the devil tried to destroy the bridge, but failed. Other than maybe a couple of Nazis um, <laughs> still there. Yeah. Yeah. So... I like the story. The... I get there's still a bump or something like like there's some you know there's something in the bridge where they say that's what <laughs> when the devil first tried to destroy it he couldn't destroy it but that's why there's a bump there or something yeah that's just weird now <laughs> the the cathedral was finished in like 1273 we said the bridge was 
finished in like 1147 or something like that. So it's a cute story, but actually the bridge was like much faster, like a hundred years quicker. So definitely, probably not true. Mm, I like the story. I like the story. Yeah. I'm not saying the devil ain't real. I'm just saying the devil lives in Georgia. I don't know. Leave me alone. In, in Georgia? Yeah, really. What does the devil in Georgia? He fiddles. You don't know the <laughs> song? There's a song, Devil Went Down to Georgia, do whatever. I can't sing it, man, because we got too many American listeners that are going to laugh at me. <laughs> it's a good, it's, yeah, Google Google the devil Devil goes down to Georgia. or What is it called? Oh, okay. It? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Anyways, anyways, there's nothing to do with the bridge. <laughs> so No, no, but the devil, I uh, think, does a lot of things because there is a story about my hometown and the devil as well. Um, yeah? We're, yeah. What is it? Uh, it's, the story goes... Um, old medieval time and there was a market day and a woman was selling woman was selling her apples on the market and then the devil came his way he wore a, a long coat and a hat to to hide his horns and then he went to this woman and said oh here woman i want an apple i'm hungry and but she looked at his feet and uh, she saw that he had only one normal food and one like an animal's <laughs> yeah weird yeah yeah feed and so she grabbed an onion and okay. gave it to the devil uh, because he was so keen to to have this this apple he bit in this onion and had this awful sharp uh, taste in his mouth and also like um, at his episode in Regensburg he got very angry and he threw away the onion and um, went away right um, heading right uh, to Stuttgart because uh, where I come from this is not uh, very far away from Stuttgart it's about 20 kilometers and he was never seen in my hometown again and that's why um, the people of my hometown have like a name they're called um, it's Zwieblinger in German uh, oh on onioners <laughs> Onioners, yes. Onionites, and, oh, crazy. Onion, okay. Uh, yes. That's like the nickname of the the two. Yeah, it's okay. the. Yeah, you know, it's it's the nickname of the people in my hometown, and that's because of this uh, story. So I'm you're like, you're a Zwieblinger, huh? All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> crazy. And then of course, obviously, the devil went to Stuttgart. That's yeah. And then oh, he founded, you know, Mercedes Benz a couple centuries later, and. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh, otherwise, the only thing left to say, I think, is... Um, oh, wait. Do you know the story of the devil in the Frauenkirche in Munich? What did he do there? There's a, there's a footprint in... So, if you walk in the Frauenkirche, which is the big, famous, you know, two-towered church in, in Munich. It's on all the postcards. If you walk in the front door, one of the tiles on the floor has a footprint in it. And the legend is, and you'll also notice, of course, that if you walk around the the church, uh, it's very windy. Almost on all days, there's a there's a healthy breeze going just around the church. 
And the thing is, is that um, when the church was built, the devil came in to look at it and he got furious at the builders because there was no shadow at all, no, no shade for the devil to hide, only light. In every corner, light reached, you know, it's a very bright church, whatever. And um, he demanded that the Masons fix it or put a little nook in for him to hide. And they refused, of course. And uh, so he got so mad, he stomped on the floor. That's where the footprint is and left. And that's why it's windy to this day everywhere around the fury of the devil. It is always windy, but that's just because, you know, it's thin alleyways and stuff. But yeah, it's kind of neat. I love those stories. Yeah. Yeah. And devil is angry the whole time, I think. He's just always so furious. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, if you wanna, if you wanna support the show again, remember you can find us on Patreon. You can f- uh, buy yourself a uh, History of Germany hat. Even um, I think what we're gonna do is all the History of Germany and Arabic merch we sell. We'll get give that uh, money directly to Ahmad. So you know, there's a couple of History of Germany and Arabic um, hats and shirts and whatever out there. And History of Germany hoodies and everything, kind of for the first time and more and more. So we didn't really do this before because, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of worried about who buys my merch. But I think these are all pretty safe ones. So go treat yourself to a Pickelhaube hoodie or a History of Germany in Arabic hat or whatever. Cell phone cover. I don't, just go take a look at podcastnickshop.com. Follow us on Facebook. There's a new Podcastnik Facebook page where just all the news from all the shows Ooh. gets posted. But of course, there's History of Germany Facebook page. And uh, again, at Twitter, at meet underscore Judith, at Travis J. Dow, at Germany Podcast, at Podcastnik. Um, there's just a lot of them. But yeah, but yeah, so I, we do monitor them all and. Um, Visit podcastnik.com to visit our other shows, see what else we do. There is a podcastnik feed and new new content there. There's new Bohemian stuff, and there's a whole new show called Past Access coming out very soon. By the time you hear this, it might already be out. So why don't you Google or check out podcastnik.com and or check out Past Access on YouTube, which is interesting. Uh, what really uh, cool. is Past Access about? So I'm really excited about. What I've seen so far, I've seen a couple of trailers that are not public yet, and it is so cool. So, quick note, Past Access is live now. There's already two episodes out, one on Dresden, one on Barcelona. Go check it out. It's live right now. We recorded this a while ago. It wasn't out yet. It Just quality-wise, the reason it's, it's taken Pete, like, years to even get this far is that it's video. There's also going to be an audio but uh, the main thing will be video on YouTube, and he goes to Stockholm, he travels, he goes to wherever. But remember, for people that know the show, uh, Pete's in a wheelchair, so this is um, accessibility, you know, accessible travel. And you know, Pete's—he uh, was on the Paralympics like fencing team or backup for the Paralympics fencing team. Like he's traveled the world. He knows all the ins and outs of like every airport, uh, from you know Charles de Gaulle to like Beijing and everything in between. Um, so, you know, the ins and out of like how to travel accessibly and what what hotels to stay in and what you can do or what's a little more difficult and what you just can't do. Um, and yeah, so the fact that he's bringing this to a show because, you know, I've traveled with Pete. We've been to castles and all this in Czech Republic, um, but he's really going all out. St- Stockholm, um, uh, Kelly went to like Malta, reported some stuff, went to um, Morocco. So if you want to see someone that, you know, you think is 
like stuck in a wheelchair, ride a camel. Like she's amazing. Like, but like both of them, Pete and Kelly are just troopers. Um, Pete goes to Germany, goes to, you know, Frieza and, and Amsterdam and all these places and, and reports back, um, in front of the camera and, and, you know, sh- shows us museums of like, like World War One, World War Two museums in Belgium and France and is turning all of this. He's a traveler, like Pete really travels and he's turning all of this into a show. And yeah, so this is this is just really cool. This is a whole nother level of production. There's there's music and video and and uh, it's just it's just amazing. And it's a lot of work. So we're kind of working out how to like get a season one ready and then take a break and travel some more and then do a season two um, and hopefully you know, get some actual sponsors and actual, uh, you know, we'll send it to Netflix. Like, I don't, you know, this is, it's just like really, really cool. So stay tuned for that. Maybe it's already there depending on when you hear this. So check out podcastnick.com for that, or check out, uh, Pete's, you know, Pete Coleman on YouTube or, or look for Bohemican or past access on YouTube. Um, and news about all that stuff will definitely be on the at, uh, podcast nick twitter feed or the podcast nick uh, facebook page everything everything we do will be on those two channels so so yeah stay tuned for those and that is Sounds podcast amazing yeah and that is podcast nik just to make it just like sputnik but podcast so podcast nick wow i'm exhausted from plugging my own crap <laughs> yeah so yeah give us money give us f- five-star reviews re- reviews i need to go eat lunch i'm hungry i need to i wish i had a bratwurst and a whatever else we were talking about eggs Tasting i need some onion I need, i'm gonna make some eggshell mortar and build a cathedral in my backyard so <laughs> Go I will it. not. I was gonna say man you guys obviously like walla walla sweet onions are so good you can just take a bite like it's an apple i guess uh yeah oh it's delicious Mm. a hamburger with a walla walla sweet onion come come to come here come to (laughs) come to california unit we got to go travel walla walla is in washington walla walla washington walla walla is a it's an indian tribe i suppose so be anyways come on get get over here bay area oregon washington I'll 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 show you a Zwiebla Zwiebleren what what was it <laughs> Zwiebla Walla Walla Zwieblinger Zwieblinger yeah so Walla 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 Wallaites are definitely Zwieblingers definitely right yeah that's all I got okay now I'm talking like I'm I gotta go get some calories because I'm not gonna make it <laughs> so bye folks <laughs> Tschüss. guten Appetit if you're me and about to eat. Können sich eine dicke Scheibe davon abschneiden. Ah, yeah, okay, also da, was davon lernen, right? Yeah. Richtig, genau. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> Wie, <laughs> können sich ein Stückchen von abschneiden? <laughs> right. Ja. Yeah. Im Deutschen ist das logisch, yeah, yeah. Alright, alright. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.